There we go. We are back. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's been a long time. As a matter of fact, speaking of a long time, it has been two days shy of four months, if you can believe it. Wow. Wow. Two days shy of four months. As a matter of fact, June 14th. I think was our very last real recording. And uh, today, this recording, it's October. <laughs> October 12th, 2023. Um, I think it is official to say now after we've taken our long, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like we had our season finale in the, in, yes. in, in, in Yes, I think that's that's aptly put. Yes, we it was a great season finale. Yep. Um, we don't know what this coming season is going to bring us. We might end up with some new cast members. We might end up with some new theme music. We might end up with, like, we're kind of rebranding, rebuilding. We're in a rebuilding year, a rebuilding season. I, I think it, that's it does it feels like it i will say this much the um i mean as much as i miss recording which i i miss the hell out of recording oh um, me too it i i just felt like okay maybe we needed to i mean i've never decompressed this long <laughs> me ever, either but i i i i was itching to come back and I've had a lot of people, I've had people, I mean, in mid-conversation, hey, by the way, you guys coming back, you guys doing a a podcast, and in my mind, it's like, yeah, it's just a matter of when we decide we're going to do this, Um, and that that was just it, it was just, I've had people emailing me, hey, I don't hear about your podcast anymore, won't you guys quit, and it's like... Uh no, we're just kind of just biding our time, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I tell I, I, my answer would be like, hey, we'll, we'll come back when we're ready to come back. I got to tell you what happened, Jamal. So I was at work on, I believe it was Monday. Okay. And I was talking to Kevin, the engineer, shout out to Kevin. And I'd already had a previous conversation with him because Kevin wants to do a podcast of his own. And so we started talking about podcasting and I, I basically told him, I said, Kevin, like he has all this equipment. He has the room set up. He has all the mics. He has all the recording and video and audio. And I was just like shocked how much stuff that he has. Right. And I said, so why haven't you recorded? And he's like, well, I, and, and he started rolling all these excuses. And I said, Kevin, enough, stop with the excuses and make it happen because it is better to do something uh, imperfectly than nothing perfectly, right? Get yeah. off your ass, do something, just push forward, make it happen. And then from there, you can make those tweaks and adjustments to, to smooth out and find out what works well, what doesn't work well. And so he came into the office on Monday and, he, and we started talking and I asked him, I said, hey, have you had recorded your first podcast yet? And we started talking and I was like, what's the matter? Why haven't you done it? Just do it. And he looks at me and goes, when did you record your last podcast? And I'm like, what? Ouch. He goes, he goes, what's your excuse? 
why haven't why aren't you back recording and i said well i need to get a hold of of my co-host partner and he's like "Uh uh-huh sounds like an excuse to me and i said oh okay and that's when i grabbed my phone i messaged you and said jamal when are we recording again and just end the excuse and and he was right end that excuse i mean how many people have you talked to over the years that have talked about wanting to do a podcast they've always wanted to do one they have even have things set up they have everything ready they just don't hit the record button you know the the thing is it, it goes to the question when anybody wants to do something and they they don't end up doing it it's one of two things number one what's stopping you yeah you know you can't you can't blame you can't blame anybody but yourself. And I know that whenever I take long breaks from comedy and I say things like, well, I'm going to go back into it, blah, blah, blah. But it's almost like, why, what's stopping me? Why haven't I done that? Yeah. You know, it's nobody, nobody is stopping me, but me. So if someone, I I was, and even when people tell me, oh, I, I was thinking about being a comic. It was just like, the fuck are you thinking about? How long have you been thinking about comedy before you met me? You, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, oh, you've been thinking, exactly. about, doing a comic, you, you, you've been thinking about being a comic. Well, what's, and, and it, it's the question of, hey, what's stopping you? Oh, you know, this, that, whatever. And then you hear all the excuses come out. Yeah. And then when I just sit back and I listen to the excuses and, and I hear things like, well, um, it sounds like you're holding yourself back. Yes. Because it's not, you know, it's not, well, I have kids or I'm married. No, 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 no. Th- th- those are, those are excuses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could, there's nobody could keep you from doing what you want to do. I know comics with children who are married, who mm-hmm. do it and they're fine. And, you know, as long as they're doing what they're supposed to, their fatherly duties and their husbandly duties. Or wifely duties and motherly duties. Oh, yes, I at oh, that too. Yes. Yeah. But it's 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 almost like what's stopping you from achieving what you want to do? I could easily like with me, I could easily answer those. Oh, it, it's me. It's myself. I'm not going to blame anybody. I'm not going to say, well, I'm too busy. I mean, no. yes, we have again jobs. We have families. We have this. And we have that. But you know. I, I've always found myself, I always find a way to do things. Like before we even did this podcast, I had things that I had to do before yeah, okay. I did this podcast. Like I came home and I had somebody who wanted to talk to me. Uh, hey, can I call you? I'm like, well, yes, you can. But here's the thing. I'm on my way home. And as soon as I get home, I'm going to go for a jog. Then I got to take a shower. Then I got to attempt to come up with a, an outline for this podcast, which I Sadly, didn't. Um, that's okay. That's okay. But, but that's my fault because I didn't create the time to do it. But the things that I felt that was important, like my health and um, oh, yeah. getting up, up and getting my budget sheet that, straightened out. That and right there. That part right there, what you just said, your priorities. And when people say, I have a family and I have kids, or I have a wife, I have a job, I have blah, 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 blah that that means that they have those as their priorities and they don't know either i've always wanted to do stand up but you it wasn't something that 
the difference between somebody who goes out and does an open mic and calls themselves for a comic for what a year or two and then they fall off the face of the earth of comedy world is that they didn't persevere through all of the crap and there's a lot of crap when you do stand up you've got to really be you know I cannot emphasize this enough to people doing comedy. And I tell them all the time when I have, especially when I have people that I'm working with that are new to it and they call me with all the fucking drama on the scene and all this other shit. And I I tell them, I say, stop right there. Man, that smells like drama. Mm. And I am allergic to drama. Yeah. You need to understand like anything else. This is a business and you need to treat it as a business be aware it's like swimming you know that there's weeds down underneath you but you got to swim above those weeds because if you get tangled down in those weeds that's where you go to die that's where you go to drown as a comic move on be aware of it yeah i know that there's some drama in my scene there's always some kind of drama in the pacific northwest scene but you know what i stay out of it and there's times that I'll be made aware of some of these different things and it's got to be something really explosive and some people that have been in the game for a long time for it to get to a level that I'm aware of it. But I really don't give a shit. I don't care. That's your situation. That's your drama. Because if I'm going to keep myself as a professional, if I want to get booked and paid then I have to make a conscious effort of, is this something that they did that was against my morals or did they fuck up? Did they make a mistake like some of the newer people do and just not hold it against them? And it's not something that was morally rehensible. And I, I can work with that. I can still work with that and get paid. You know, those are things that you have to, as a business person, be aware of, you know, if you're doing this just for fun, then by all means, go steal other jokes. Go ahead and fuck it off and not care because you're not going to get paid anyways and you're not going to stick around. You don't have integrity? Cool. You know what? Because they get weeded out. Although there is one person who's been in the game for a really long time and that bitch is the most scandalous human being ever. (laughs) She's scandalous. Scandalous. But, if you know, people, you know, the right people haven't heard. But, I mean, I think that just her own personality she she shot herself in her foot she she's probably ruined a lot of opportunities for herself that if she had just kept her fucking mouth shut like she should and run her business which is her own comedy she'd be a lot better off but you know stop trying to you know stab people in back so you can build a ladder off of their backs on that those knives and climb up that's not how the ladder works yeah um, oh, and by the way, we do have a chat mechanism. So uh, in case you want to like slide me over that, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna bash people on this. We're not gonna bash people on the show like open name wise. But I, oh, I no. can kind of feel I can kind of feel people being like, oh, I wonder who she's talking about. But not that it matters. Um, no, you know, it doesn't matter. But, it it doesn't but, matter because if it's not somebody who I'm more than happy to tell somebody if if it was somebody that I thought would it would be personally involved the person I was telling otherwise it doesn't matter it doesn't yeah. matter and if anybody wants to know who it is then they're more than welcome I'm not trying to like vague book shit you know I'm telling it like this is but it's also a business and that person it, insert he or she in that adjective it could be that person in 
any different scene. There's, we know that those people are in the scene, but again, you do what you can to protect yourself. And at the end of the day, you have to ask, do, did I hold myself to my own standards, my own integrity? And most importantly, did I have fun? Did I produce the goods? Did I make my audience laugh? Because that's what we do. At the end of the day, did I make my audience laugh? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the, the and that's the thing, like, the that should always be the question. Um, yep. Did I do my job? Yep. That's it. Hey, did I, did I go out there and I do my job? Um, I did a show uh, last... <laughs> last Saturday in Milwaukee. Um, oh. It was very, the weird thing is it was very impromptu. Uh, first, well, uh, last weekend I went to Oktoberfest in Milwaukee. Uh, I, I saw that. Very, it, it looked I, I, Let me tell you something. I, for, before I even start, because me and Justin went to Milwaukee about two months ago. Yep, he told me it was a blast that you guys had. By the way, oh by the way, okay, I got to throw this out here because I know that Justin doesn't listen, so I'm going to throw this out here. I almost, I came very, very close. There was a picture that you guys posted on Facebook that I almost posted into a, the office space for the managers, and then I was told, hey, there's rank and file that can see this too. Don't do that. And when I said I was going to do it, and I was like, fair play. I won't do that because that's, I mean... Justin will take a joke, but he's not going to do it if it's something that's publicly humiliating. That's not cool. And I wouldn't do that. But I was going to post a picture of you guys and say, you got some explaining to do. Was it was it with me and him and the bronze fawns, the statues? Yes. Okay, yes. first of all, first of all, okay. How drunk were you guys? Okay, not even, we, we not drunk. I don't even think we had, we had like maybe a couple of drinks, but- okay. Let me let me let me describe the picture for those who may not have seen this picture. <laughs> I already know. I, I have know. to describe this picture. There's a bronze picture of oh. Arthur Fonzarelli, a the Fonz, and Jamal is on his knees with his face in his butt, and Justin's in the front with on his knees with his face in his crotch. Does that adequately describe the picture? Uh, you're dead on. Okay. <laughs> you're so, so when dead I saw on. that, I was like, whoa. <laughs> How much have you guys been drinking, smoking, or both? Not, man, we were so sober. I'm like, I mean, we were just sober. I think we're just being dumb. We're just being dumb. Um, that was even better. And it, <laughs> so not for nothing. Someone had already beaten you to that because Naren Vaughn uh, took that photo and he had made a meme out of it. Oh, no, you, he, I, why didn't I see that meme? So I'll tell you, and I'll, and I'll describe the meme. So, because, and, 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 and you will probably, okay, so here's the thing. So it's, it's exactly how you, of course, you described it, me behind, Harry Winkler and Justin in front. So what Naren did was he put like, okay, so behind, uh, over my head, he put, um, I think he, oh, if I remember correctly, um, new comic. And then over by Justin, he put new comic. And on Harry Winkler, he put Booker. 
Oh my God, that is so true. And that I is- was like, so when I saw this, cause I remember exactly where I was when I saw this, me and Justin was like right on, we were like facing the, um, the, uh, the, by city hall where they have this big clock, this clock tower thing in downtown Milwaukee. And I happened to just be scrolling on Facebook and I saw that shit and I turned over and I'm like, Justin, are you seeing this? Because we're both tagged in it. And then Justin looks at it and he was just like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's- <laughs> and I messaged and I, and I, and I responded to it. I said, Narn, you're lucky we're friends, but very accurate. <laughs> oh my, okay. So I have questions. First of all, who took the picture? So we have a, I have a friend who lives there who used to live in Seattle, who was kind of like a host for us in a, in a way. Um, we went to his uh, bar and he took the picture. His name okay. is Ryan Gibbon. He's a good friend of mine. Nice. Good job, Ryan. And then did you guys happen across the statue or did you guys have that as part of your plan to go see that when you guys knew? It you was actually part of, cause so when we were coming from, that me so when me and Justin landed in Milwaukee, we literally landed ten minutes apart. Like he was landed coming in from Seattle, and I was coming in from New York, and we landed around midnight. And wow. our buddy came to yeah, so it was midnight, mind you. It was like midnight Friday night, well early Friday morning, um, and we just and we and from there we're like, yo, what t- do you got? Do we want to drink? What time does bar close in Milwaukee? We go to this, uh, um, we go to my friend's bar and uh, people are still out and about. You know, we're hanging out, we're drinking. So we have a few drinks, we catch a magic show and we end up, the bronze, the bronze bonds was literally right around the corner from the bar that we was at. Wow. And of course, now not for nothing, I'll be honest with you, come to think of it, I feel kind of dumb because I'm like, why did, I mean, first of all, I grew up watching that show. Harry Winkler is a national treasure. Why did I have to do that? So, but then when I saw what Naren did, I was like, well, I'm not running for president. So I'm not like worried about any kind of backlash. It was just, it was just a stupid thing that even as a tourist, I should have been like. It was hilarious. Are you you kidding? It was hilarious. Yeah, but he's not the bronze bull here in New York. You know, it's like, he's a, you know, it's like, hey, you know, it's like, if any, and then like, it's funny because me and Justin go back like the day before we fly out or the day when we fly out. And I, and I apologize to the statue. Uh, while I was, I was like, oh my God. Like I had like this, I, 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 there was like these kids trying to take pictures and everything. And their parents were like, hey, the guy's trying to take a picture. You're like, like, come on. And, but I was just like, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it, it, I felt gross. You know, I just felt like, what the hell is wrong with me? So, well, you, know, you went to that, that you went to, I, I, it was low hanging fruit in the gutter comedy. It was funny, yeah. but it was like, oh, we're so much better than that. We're so much funnier than that. We, I, I, I God knows I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> what was I thinking? Yes. If you could do it over again. Stop and think. If you could do it over again, rewind. If I could, if I what could would do it be? Over, What would the picture be? But it still had to be something that was funny. Respectful, but funny. 
I think it would be me putting my arm around uh, the statue and then just giving it a thumbs up also. And then I would probably and then I would probably put like as a comment, um, Fozzie has a black friend. Like that's what I would probably put. That's funny. That's funny. You know, because He's it's like Fonzie, that's Fonzie passing the torch to his black brother. Yeah, like, or I would probably say something like Fonzie finally jumped the shark by having a black friend, you know. Oh like, my god, that's funny. That's that's funny. probably what I that's probably what I would have done because you that know is funny. So did you get a picture of you with him, just you and Fonzie arm around him? You know what? Even when I went uh, the second time around, I didn't even go to the statue. Um, I just basically hung out at Oktoberfest this time around and uh, hung out at the hotel that I was at. And um, I mean, I was only really there for like a full day and a half. I really wanted to do Oktoberfest. Oh, by the way. Um, oh. As a matter of fact, I was gonna say, um, like, um, I, I, even though you can't see it, I have like this big stein that uh, I had brought with me, but um, it's like a leader and it's heavy, and I walked around with it. my arm really hurt. Um, I saw the picture of you with the stein, and it looked insanely heavy. Even empty, it was heavy. But there was this thing that they did where. Um, and they probably did this on Friday. I only went for Saturday, but they fill it up with beer and you're supposed to extend your hand out. And yeah, and I was like, yep, thank God I didn't, uh, I wasn't there for that. Were you yeah. supposed to extend it out and hold it for any length of time? And hold it, yep. Until you couldn't any more? I'm sorry? How long were you supposed to hold your arm extended oh, out? You were supposed to you were supposed you were supposed to basically be the last man standing. Nope. Nope. Yep. I was like, I would have pulled drinks while you were doing it? I don't think so. I wasn't there for that, but but my, my buddy Ryan was just like, Yeah, that's uh they have that. And I was like, look, this thing is when they gave it to me when I went to go check in, you know, they gave me my VIP badge. And they're like, oh, here's your Stein. And a guy gave it to me. And I was like, oof. <laughs> like, like, wait. Yeah. And I was like, I, I'm so, I could drink. He was like, yeah, it's, it's a liter of beer. Like, I even put some beer when I brought it back, when I brought it to New York, you know. Um, and it was weird. Like, I was taking it everywhere. I went to my hotel. And I went to the bar in my hotel. And I just placed it right on the. And the lady was like, would you like for me to fill it up for you? And I'm just like, no, thank you. Because I already had two of those while I was there. And I was like, two of those and then a shot of Jägermeister. And I was like, fucked up. Um, oh, yeah. yeah you're my right, buddy dude. Ryan, he um, helped set up for this magic show. And so we went to the, this other hotel. And we um, he basically set it up. Um, Luca Andrews, a very, very funny, very funny, very talented uh magician mm. and he had a son there and he was doing tricks like just playing around and i was like oh wow he's like yeah i taught my son these tricks and he's really good so how's his son i'm sorry how old is his son his son is nine. Oh crap wow yeah oh, yeah and he was just crushing it i mean it was the tricks that his father taught him he was doing it over and over and he was doing like, I was like, holy shit, that's, 
that if you could teach a kid that, yeah. And and it was good. He was great. Um, so we're, the show was kind of getting set up and there's people actually come. I mean, you had a lot of people. So there's people coming down stairs and we were doing the show at this. Uh, and I wish I knew, remember the name of the hotel, but we did it at the Gene, um, Gene Wilder room. And in this room, they had pictures uh, and I and I took it. I, I took pictures of it. I didn't even post them on Facebook yet, but it's shots of him in movies like Blazing Saddle, um, uh, shots of him in like Young Frankenstein, and it, they call it the Gene. Because what I've learned is Gene Wilder's from Milwaukee, so aptly named the Gene Wilder Room. So they do the they do the show there, and I just happened to say this to Luca Andrews. Um, hey. Do you need somebody to warm up the audience before you go on? And he was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm kind of half kidding, but I'm kind of half not." By the way, I'm I, I had so much to drink. I'm just like, "Now's the time," you know. And he was like, "Yeah, if you want to do some time, um, yeah, I think it would be great." Because when me and Justin saw Luke, uh, Luca, he did a, a like a private, uh, like a little private show for us at the bar that we went to when we first went to Milwaukee and he was great and he was witty. And I thought it was, I thought it was like amazing. So I was just like, yeah, you have this little wittiness about you. I figure why not have a stand-up comedian go before you? Yeah. And he, he let me, um, he let me do it. And, uh, like my, like less than 10 minutes, I, I was not prepared, uh, but it, it went very awesome. It was great. And the people had a great time. And then Ryan, my buddy Ryan goes up and uh, does a little bit of warming up the audiences as well. And then Luca goes up and just destroys. You know, it was, it was, uh, his show is amazing. Uh, like he is, I, I love that kind of like magic and mentalism and all that. And it was just watching and he had audiences, you know, volunteering and all that. And it was just sublime. Nice. Yeah, it, it was great. How fun. How fun. Yeah. Wow. But I will say this, Milwaukee has definitely, definitely, uh, it is one of my top five places to visit now. Wow. I'm going to have to check it out. It's, I'm gonna it's have to my number two favorite place to visit. Mm, what's number one? Oh, Austin, Texas. Yeah. But I will say this, the thing like Milwaukee has like a lot of nicknames and, but they, they have the, they, they call a, you know, I don't know if any, it's called a like Milwaukee nice, you know, like Philadelphia has their uh, city of brotherly love, which we all know is bullshit, but, right. um, but Milwaukee nice, that's a real thing. Really? I kid you not it's a real thing even when i went back the second time around i ran into a guy from queens like where i near where i work and because i saw i saw this little i saw this this kid wearing a new york shirt and i was like oh i i i work in queens i work at I, I work in new york and he was like oh my dad is from queens and he like points to him and he's like hey you you live in new york i'm like i came down here for this <laughs> I came, I came down here for this, no other reason really. And um, he was in New York, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I, you know, we moved from New York. I moved my family down here, and uh, 
didn't look back, you know? So it, I was like, wow, good for you, you know? Um, you know, but it, it but I've, I've yet to, I mean, everyone is just super cool, super chill. They're, they're super chill. I don't know if it's because everybody has a beer in their hand or everybody is, you know, the, everybody is just, they're not, it's not one of those places where it's like people are, are not afraid to respond to you when you talk to them, oh, you know? That's, that's, um, that's not, that, yeah, that. It, it's a very rare thing, but I definitely put it to the test when I was just, well, I would walk up to somebody and be like, hey, how you doing? Um, I just want to say this is my second time in your city and it's amazing. And they're just like, well, where are you from? And it's like, I'm from New York. And they're just like, welcome, you know? it's. It's it's just, you know, um, people there for uh, and, and the brothers, the brothers there are cool too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's I, I and I talk to a lot of them. I'm like, hey, what made you? What made you want to live here? And I, where are you from? What made you move here? And people are just like, yo, man, this place is just a job, or you know, a girl talked me into moving here. But everybody had a reason for doing it, and everybody. Oh, as black people, of course, but they're just like, yeah, it's a chill city, and you know, I, I could, I could do, I could do with chill. So yeah. I have nothing but love for for the for the for the city of Milwaukee. Um, again, with the both times that I've been there, especially when I was there with Justin, we had such a blast. Um, I can't wait to go there again. <laughs> you know. Right. Right. Well, so Romeo and I just kind of doing some old uh, catching up here because. You know everything that's been going on. So at the end of September, Romeo and I were celebrating um, our our first anniversary slash yeah, birthday. Well, yeah. Well, we were supposed to go to Cancun, me uh, Mexico. Oh yes, yes. I remember you guys talking about that. Yeah. In July. Yes, we were supposed to go to Cancun, and we. Had all of our bags packed. We were all excited. We were flying out uh, Sunday morning for Sunday afternoon arrival. We left the house 2 a.m. Get there. Well, we got there around 3, 3.30. We're handing them our passport cards to um, get our, our boarding pass. And they looked at us and said, you can't fly to Mexico on a passport card. Where's your passport book? Oh. And we were like, what? And they say, you have to have the book. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It says that you can go to neighboring countries. And they said, you land or sea. You cannot fly on a passport card. You need a passport book. So my youngest son had just dropped us off. And he, he used my car. And so I call him and he's at the house. And I say, kid, go into my bedroom, go into, you know, I tell him where everything's at. I said, go grab our passports. And he calls back, he goes, mom, I have Romeo's. I don't have yours. I can't find yours. And I was like, what? And so he trashed the whole bedroom. I, I, you know, and I owed that child some therapy because I know he has to be traumatized from going through my underwear drawer, not to mention all the other drawers in my room. Oh, wow. Yeah, trying to find my passport. He went into, you know, he literally tore the house apart. And when I say literally tore it apart, we came home and it was trashed. It looked like we'd been ransacked. And 
he could not find it. And we finally just said, you know what, come get me, uh, come get us. And so we came back, we retrashed it, could not find it at all. And when we called the airlines, they were like, yeah, you can rebook. And they go, it's, and they rattle off, it's like $700. I'm like, that's what we paid for the original flight. So they go, yes, but you bought basic economy. So it doesn't transfer over. There's no, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So then, I mean, we're just gut punched, right? We're just feeling absolutely gut punched. I'm sick to death. And we we get some sleep and we wake up and we're just kind of moping. And we decide to go to breakfast with my sister-in-law and my brother. And Romeo looks at me as we're driving. He goes, why don't we just get in the car and drive? We've got the week off. You're, you're on vacation. Don't go back to work. Just let's take our vacation. And I was like, okay. So I started thinking about it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go to Oregon again. <laughs> I've been to Oregon. It's just no appeal right now. And then I started looking at the map. And I was like, huh, Montana and Wyoming. I was like, I know he's never been to Montana or Wyoming. And then I look on the other side of Wyoming is North Dakota and South Dakota. I'm like, fuck, that's. That's doable. And I've never been to the Dakotas. So we're sitting there at breakfast with my, and I I tell my sister-in-law that we were going to go to South Dakota. And she looks at me, she goes, well, you're going to go to Mount Rushmore when you're in South Dakota? And I went, Mount Rushmore's in South Dakota? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had no idea. And so Romeo started getting really excited because he's like, yeah, that's on our bucket list. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, we've got plenty of time. It's not that far away. And so we're driving and we stopped our first night. We stopped in Bozeman, Montana, Bozeman, Montana. And oh, oh my God. First of all, I absolutely adore Montana. I love Montana. I've dreamed of living in Montana most of my life. It's so peaceful and so beautiful. And it reminds me a lot of, of where I grew up just in the backwoods. And so... We stopped um, at this town in, in Bozeman, Montana, and I, I'd been looking ahead of time to find if we were going to do an Airbnb or if we were going to do a hotel. And I was like, you know what, damn it, it's my birthday, because by this time it's Monday, and I'm like, it's my birthday, and this is our anniversary. We're staying in a nice hotel, and so I found this place called Come On In. Like, come on in. Oh, okay, that's a nice, that's a catchy name. Right. And I love it did. And you know what? It was all wood interior, like a rustic wood interior, like a log cabin. It had six hot tubs, um, a swimming pool, a koi pond and a waterfall all indoors. Nice. We came in our door to our hotel room and right across the room, there was another door. We opened up the door And literally 10 feet away was a hot tub wrapped in like this. It looked like rockery type thing. And the waterfall was behind it. You could hear the waterfall. You could see it. It was, oh my God, amazing. Oh, amazing. Off season. So it was 200 bucks. Not bad. And when we were sitting in the hot tub, we were talking about going, you know, where we were going. Well, this guy came in and, and he started talking to us and you know, there, Romeo's n- never met a stranger. It's just somebody he hasn't made a friend yet. I mean, he talks to everybody. And yeah, very he, true. he literally talks to everybody. And so he's talking to the guy, and the guy goes, are you guys going to go down to um, 
Yellowstone National Park and go see Old Faithful while you're here? You're only, and we were like, what? <laughs> Yellowstone National Park is close? so we look at the gps and i'm like baby we're two and a half hours away from yellowstone hell yeah we're going to yellowstone okay so we go through yellowstone and oh my god i've been when i was a child romeo's never been so that was um bucket list item number one that we hit okay and absolutely so worth it like we found out because Romeo is a veteran and he's a disabled veteran, he gets into all national parks for free. So they gave him his card that he can get into all national parks for free. And so we we go in, we thought we'd be there. We'd just go look at Old Faithful for a couple hours and then bounce out. We were there all day long, okay? Oh, wow. All day. And people were like, you only spent one day in in Yellowstone I mean there's so much to see and it was it was so amazing like Old Faithful was really cool but that wasn't even the best part I mean what like when we first pulled into the park they talked about like you know the buffalo and stuff and it was almost like on cue the car in front of us all of a sudden a buffalo walked out of the woods stopped the car in front of us kind of like ambled across he was taking his sweet ass time yeah. and kept on going you know I mean there was all kinds of wildlife that we saw and uh, there's what they call the, um, it, it was a huge cavern. They said it's the um, Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. And it okay. was exquisitely beautiful. And just the waterfall is bigger than Niagara Falls. And it was amazing just to watch the, the falls. And they had like the mud pits. And you could see where they had signs that they say, do not take your pets back here because there's the um the the pools where it's boiling hot water it's sulfuric oh. acid you can smell the sulfur in the air and the, you see the water boiling and there's points where it's it's mud and you can see the mud what they call the mud pits and the mud is popping because it's so hot and people are walking their stupid pets. And people are like, your animals get a, a lose, they will die. They will <laughs> go in there and it's so hot, it boils them, you know? So we got some really cool pictures of Yellowstone. And then we stayed in, in a hotel that night. And so then the next day we had it, we were heading straight to Mount Rushmore. Well, then we saw Crazy Horse Monument. And we we're like, let's go to Crazy Horse Monument. And it's like 12 to 15 miles away from Mount Rushmore. And we are like, it's like on the backside of Mount Rushmore. And we're like, yes, let's go see this. It was very cool. The only thing is, is that they do have a lot of amazing programs there. They are privately funded. So it's usually the money that they're raising from this is what gets it. The only thing is we kind of go, you know, we, we're kind of questioning it because in 75 years, they've carved a face and part of his arm, right? Mount Rushmore was carved in 14 years. So mm. I kind of question how long it takes. But me, as that person who loves rocks, I was losing my mind on this trip because I got some really cool rocks. And even at the 
the Crazy Horse Monument, they have a, a place where you just give them some donation or some money and you grab all the rocks you want that was blocked. <laughs> oh, man. And Romeo's like, Jesus Christ, woman, how many rocks do you need? I'm like, just a couple more, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, but we were so close. It was like, by the time Crazy Horse Monument closed, we stayed for the, the lighting. They do a laser light show. And it was the last weekend of the season that we were there. So they're not going to do any of the light shows until the next year. Well, we were still close, and I'm like, well, God, it's only, like, 8.30. Let's cruise over to Mount Rushmore. It's 12, you know, it's, like, 15 minutes away. And we got to Mount Rushmore, and I said, I wanted to see Mount Rushmore at night. I wanted to see it lit up because I just think it would be really beautiful. And just as we pulled into the parking lot, it was like a mass exodus. All these people were leaving, and they were like, just to let you know, the information booth and the concession stand are closed. And we're like, we didn't drive all this way to see the concession stand. <laughs> didn't need to pay $12 for a Coke. And I mean, we're here to see the monument. And we ended up getting an experiment experience, Jamal, you couldn't even pay for. We got in there and as everybody left, we turned around and we went, holy shit. We are the only people here. There's nobody. Nobody. Like the people that were working more inside the buildings or downstairs, there was nobody around, just the two of us. So we're wandering around the monument, like at the, the viewing area, all by ourselves. There was nobody. Oh. And eventually, like after about an hour, the security guard showed up. We chatted with him for a few minutes and then he disappeared. And we were just like, you wouldn't be able to pay for a private viewing of Mount Rushmore at night under lights. You couldn't pay for that. It just organically happened. And so we were there and we, we ended up finally getting our little hotel room in, in town. And it was so late at night that by this time, all the restaurants were closed, like nothing. And we're like, oh shit, we should have eaten some dinner <laughs> or at least yeah. lunch, you know? So we were scrounging we, and we ended up having um, some, some cheesecakes that we'd been bringing with us since the first night at the come on in at the Sizzler or, or Outback. And so okay. we busted into, we busted into our cheesecakes, which were still good because we put them in the fridge every night. And so, and then we, we drove, um, and the next part of the, the voyage, so that was like on Thursday. We woke up Thursday morning and we're like, okay, we're hauling butt. We're going to go to, we stopped in Utah because one of my sisters had just turned 50. Her birthday is two days after mine. And so we were hauling butt to get to her so that we could be there on Friday. So I think this was like Thursday we, we were doing that. And we stopped in this, the gas, oh my God, Jamal, I don't know how much gas is where you're at. But it was sickening. Gas was $3.49 a gallon in Wyoming. We're paying over five bucks a gallon. Okay, I was going to say, see, in Washington, you guys are like oh yeah, $4, $5. Yeah, close to five. Close to five. And we were paying $3.49 in Wyoming. And so I, I learned something, a very valuable lesson about my husband. Um. He, unlike myself, did not grow up taking a lot of long-distance road trips, okay? This plays in very important part of this because when he was driving, he didn't always pay attention to the gas. 
and where we were at. <laughs> and we ended up in the middle of BFE. And it, the place was called Mud Wyoming. I remember the name only because when I went inside the store, there was a t-shirt that said, where the fuck is what Mud Wyoming? <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly what I thought. The <laughs> inside of the store had, you know how you go to these far out places and there's graffiti all inside the bathroom? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, well this graffiti wasn't just contained in the bathroom. It flowed out to all the walls inside the this little pit stop, okay, this little shithole. And Romeo went in first because he had to go to the bathroom. And he said, first of all, we were both shocked when we saw that the person running the store was, was uh, a brother. And Romeo's like, well, that was surprising. And so he goes in and he goes, he's like, hey, he goes, is there a restroom in here? And the guy looks at him and goes, uh, over there. <laughs> like he had an attitude. Wow. Like Romeo should have known where it was, right? And so then when Romeo comes out, he's asking the guy, as I'm out at the pump discovering for myself, when, when Romeo goes, ask, ask him, goes, how much is gas? He goes, man, it's like $6 a gallon. And mm. Romeo was like, are you fucking kidding? He goes, pay it or don't. And so I'm out at the gas pump going, I'm tapping the gas pump. And I'm like, this can't be right. It says $5.85. I'm like, hello, did somebody not change this? What the mm. fuck? It was $5.85 a gallon. So I pumped like 20 bucks. I'm like, I, this has got to get me to a better gas station than this. <laughs> yeah. And just then all these other vehicles showed up with um, like RVs and all this shit. And Romeo's like, man, you want to keep going. This is $5.85 a gallon. And the guy's looking at me and goes, shit, we're paying $6.15 a gallon in California. And I was like, oh, Lord. So we made it to our, our stop for the night. We stopped in my, um, at a restaurant. We went to casino. And then we, the next day we rolled out and we went got to my sister's house early, took her daughters. We went and, and got some balloons and a cake and, and, and Romeo was fucking with her heart. He, he got some blow up balloons that said 60 and it was her 50th. Uh, and then he bought her a car that said happy 70th. And then he bought her another car that said happy birthday, grandma. And he sure knows how to make a girl feel good on her birthday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, then he scared the shit out of her. Cause we, we kind of tucked away when she came home from work. And then Romeo walked up behind her and goes, what are you doing? About scared the shit out of her. But it was fun. And so then the next day, we, we ended up heading home. It was time to come home. And we were heading straight home. It was, it was a 12-hour drive. So we're driving. And if anybody, this is where I say is this tidbit of information I learned about my husband really came into play. We, um, he was driving. I did a lot of the driving, but that day he said, you know what, you've been driving, doing all the driving for the last few days, I'll go ahead and drive. And I was like, that's fine, I'm, I'm kind of feeling really tired, so I was kind of dozing off a little bit here and there. And he's driving and all of a sudden he goes, oh fuck. And I was like, what's the matter? He goes, we need gas. And from where I'm sitting, I looked over and it looked like a quarter of a tank of gas. And I was like, ah, we'll be okay. We'll be fine. And then we get driving and probably three minutes later, I see a sign that said dead man's pass. 
And if you've ever been in Pendleton, Oregon and had to drive over Dead Man's Pass, you know that there is nothing there. And that is not where you want to run out of gas. Okay. I've been to Pendleton, Oregon. I've actually had lunch in Pendleton, Oregon. Uh, you're have, you have you been over yeah. Dead Man's Pass? Dead Man's Pass, no. But I will say this much. You don't want to run out of gas in that area. No. For sure. No. So yeah. we get driving, Jamal. And I go, I look at the sign and said, Dead Man's Pass. And I went, oh, fuck. And he goes, what? What? What aren't you telling me? What aren't you telling me? And I'm like, nothing. Nothing. And I'm sitting there in my head going, oh, my God. We're... And then all of a sudden, my car the light pops on on my car and says, this message comes up and says, would you like to find a gas station? It does that when the light comes on. Yeah. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And it's like searching, 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 searching. <laughs> I look over and fucking Romeo's doing 103 miles an hour. And I'm like, what are you doing? Slow down. You have to like, Clearly, he doesn't understand because this is gas economy 101. You never speed. If you you need to prolong the amount of gas. Yeah, okay? yeah. You're doing 103 uphill. You it's, don't do that. And I said, yeah, slow it's funny, down. It's funny when people feel like when they're out of gas, they have to speed to the nearest gas station. I'm like, no, 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 no. Slow, to- slow, slow. Yeah. So he then. Dropped it to like 60 and I looked over and like a minute later, he's back up to 80 plus. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fucking slow down. 55, op- op- optimum fuel economy. Set the fucking cruise control. And we got up to the top of the pass, right? And just as we started on the downhill slope, I'm like, slow, throw that bitch into neutral. <laughs> so he drops it into neutral and we coast all the way down the hill, right? finally get down to the bottom of the hill and we see that there's a gas station and we cruise into the gas station. We ended up making it to the gas station. It's a 17 gallon tank. He put in 16.743 gallons. We made it on a wing and a prayer. Yeah. So that was the the height of our excitement. And the rest of the trip home was very smooth and easy. Um, I do have to say that I highly recommend, man, we put, so we ended up putting 2,800 miles on, on my Subaru okay, and cool. yeah, well, then I get back to that Monday. So the following Monday, I, and, and I know, I, I think I've been keeping you kind of posted and I think we may or may not have talked a bit about it on the previous podcast about the, all the electrical issues that I've been having with my car. Oh, well, I know personally the, the issues you've been having with your car. Yeah, and it's been in the shop six times now. So Subaru of America sent me an email, and they said, call us, we made a determination. And so I called them, they said, we agree your car is a lemon, and here's well, your options. Yeah, they gave me three options. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Um Option number one, they give me $3,500 for my pain and suffering. Option number two, they take my car and trade it out for another like vehicle. Or option three, 
I turn it back over to them and they charge me just for the mileage I've put on it as per Washington state law. And mind you, I just put 2,800 extra miles on this car. <coughs> so, um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a, he's the number one Dodge salesman in the nation. And he said, do not, do not trade it in for another vehicle. He goes, because if you do, they have to rewrite the loan. And when they rewrite the loan, you have to go off of today's interest rates. And interest rates have gone up significantly since I bought it in March. He said, if you've already got another vehicle, he said, just hand them the keys and walk away. Because right now, he goes, all the vehicles that they're making nowadays is, is absolute trash. They've had nothing but computer issues. They've had um, all kinds of headaches. Like, he said he's got a truck, brand new truck in the shop right now with 2,000 miles on it. 2,000 miles. It's been sitting in the shop for six months waiting for a part. And Dodge Chrysler is doing nothing. They're doing fuck all for his customers. Uh, he did tell me the fact that Subaru is Subaru is actually the top of the of the list of manufacturers that are really taking care of their top of the line when it comes to taking care of their customers. He said because I was telling him that, um, that they gave me loaner cars. He's like, what? He goes, they gave they paid for you to have a loaner car, and I was like, yeah. And he goes, he goes, we don't even do that. And I was telling him all the different things. He goes, you're lucky. He goes because Subaru has a really good brand and a really good name and they want to keep it. He goes, the other dealerships, all these manufacturers are making record profits and screwing the consumer all the way along. And they don't give a shit because they're making record profits, you know? And it makes you kind of really wonder about this whole shit with COVID, how much of that, you know, people, I'm not saying that COVID was something that was orchestrated for profit, but I'm definitely saying that they found ways to capitalize on it and just milk the shit out of it and make record profits. I mean, and while the consumers are just getting buried in debt, you know, and it's ridiculous how, how this continues to happen. But, um, so I think what I'm going to do is I, so I, I finally, I emailed, I told Subaru, I said, I'm, I said, I'm going to think about what I'm going to do and, and I'm going to talk with my husband and then, um, I'll let you know. So then I sent her an email same way she did me. I'm not going to, you know, just assume. And I sent her an email and I said, I made my decision. Let me know what time would be a good time to call. And so she called me today and I wasn't available, but um, she left me a message saying, you know, you can call this number anytime. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to look up the Subaru Outback that Romeo and I fell in love with. We fell in love with... It was like a 2018-2019. And I'm going to say, if you can get me this vehicle with under 50,000 miles, I'll I'll trade you. And you just pay off the difference. And I'll, I'll take this one. Otherwise, yeah. But it depends on, I mean, depends on what they want. I mean, I'm not going to spend... $45,000, $40,000 for a 2018-2019. I should probably just walk away and just say, you know, I'll buy another Subaru some other day.
It just kind of sucks. Huh. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, damn. Yeah. So I have to ask you, how yes. is your new job? You've been at the new job now for what? A couple months or a month? Um, come two days from now, it will be two months. Okay. Okay. So, Dish, and, how are you um, liking it? How are you liking it? I'm enjoying it. I am, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It is a whole lot of fun. I, um, oh my God, it is so much fun. I'm learning a lot. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, my, cause my mom, she asked me the same thing. She asked me, you know, how's the new job? How, how's everything going with it? And, um, and, um, I, I tell her, I, I say it's very stressful, but it's a stress that I can handle. Nice. Nice. So, Every job's stressful. Yeah. Especially in the beginning it, when you first learn. The thing, the, the, the more important, the thing about this job that I feel is different from a lot of the jobs I've even had in the past is here where I'm at right now, I feel a sense of value. Oh, oh, that right there is monumental. Yeah. yeah. That's monumental. Like yesterday, like case in point, yesterday, uh, I, I, I didn't, was my first day actually that I took off early. Um, I, I mean, I probably worked only two hours. I felt sick. So my sales manager comes in and I told her, I said, hey, I'm not really feeling well. I may have to leave early. And she was like, oh, you could have left, like, you could have left early. You could have just left. Uh, but I told her, I said, yeah, but I wanted, you know, to talk to, you know, management, let them know. Because sometimes management comes a little, about an hour after we do. But I said, yeah, I didn't want to just walk out of here unless I spoke to somebody. And she was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but I told her I was gonna, you know, wrap up some emails and then I'll just probably be gone in a half an hour. And the general manager comes in like maybe 15 minutes later and she tells him, I tell him, and he was like, okay, well, go and feel better. Your health is very important. What are you doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's 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 like the, the little things, you know, I'm like, look, I'm, I just wanted to like answer some emails, get some orders out. And, and whatnot before I just walked out of here. But they're like, look, take care of yourself. Um, here's my card. If you're not able to make it tomorrow, call me in the morning, let me know. And uh, just just feel better. That's all we care about. Wow. And I, it, it's those things, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the little things. It's, oh, it is, huge, huge. It's, it's when, I mean, I, I, I'm like, I show up. I'm, the, I'm probably the first one to show up uh, you know, because we work on the second floor, I'm the first one to walk into the second floor and, you know, I have my breakfast and do emails or whatever. But, you know, when people come, hey, how you doing? How you feeling? You like it here or whatever, things like that. It's and it's almost like, yeah, wow, OK, yeah, I'm I'm still here. No one fired me. So I'm doing my job. I'm, I'm doing my thing. But 
the job is it's a really it's it's an easy it's a again the thing about the job is it's nothing that i haven't done before um i mean it's a system that i have to learn but aside yeah. from that i don't feel that it's every day i'm learning something new yep, uh, yep. they um but again it's it's i kind of feel like you know they want me there you know it's like you know, it, it's there's really? nothing like being wanted at a job, yeah. um, you know, and I kind of feel like, you, you, yeah, it's just, it's it's just it's a good place. It's just at the end of the day, it's a good place. Um, everybody gets along with each other. Everybody is, um, you know, if I say, hey, I need help with something, I'm not left hanging. Yes. You know. Yes. Oh my God. That is amazing. That right there, you know, I have, I have to agree with that for the first time in my life, in my life, in a career, I had a situation come up and it, it was, it was serious. It's very serious. And, uh, all this, like we had an OSHA inspection. Basically, it's a Washington State, L&I, so it's like Washington OSHA showed up for a compliance inspection, and they needed a bunch of information. They were looking at things because it was like an employee complaint, and the amount of support that I have gotten has just floored me at the corporate level. Like, I had a situation where we needed some testing results, and we're like, I don't have any at this plant because we have other plants that do similar stuff and the safety director sent out an email and said hey call in all the plant and who does anybody else within half an hour i had five different reports and it just floored me how supportive everybody is at that level because usually i'm used to just flapping in the breeze like oh well that sucks for you damn you must you know, three weeks on to your new job and all of a sudden OSHA showed up. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> right. right. And so for these guys to be three hours ahead of me and they're still communicating with me at five, six o'clock at night, they're still communicating. Right. And my boss, I have to tell you, because my boss is corporate. And I don't know if I told you that I met my boss when I first started. Um, I do remember. Yeah. Did we talk about that the last time we did the podcast? I think we have, yeah. I think so, George, yeah. And how Bingo, Bingo, uh, friend who came to watch the show, she's like, your boss is so cute. Yeah. So, but it was, I mean, and I love my boss. He, you know, he is, he has the same kind of passion about safety that I do. And that's something that, right there is invaluable to me because that means that when I reach out to my boss and say, look, here, I need this. He's going to do everything he can to pave the way for me to get it. And that's huge. I mean, I already know that my plant manager is huge on safety. That's what brought me over. But what cinched it for me was when I had the conversation with my boss at corporate level. And I was just like, this is amazing just to have that support and even if you've got to, you know, like find your way through some of these issues, but to know that 
there's people there that will help you and get resources for you and assist you and yeah. not just kind of throw some, like, here, I'll just throw some documents your way and then walk away. And you're like, this doesn't tell me anything. Now, great, I've, I've got, I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And now you just buried me in a bunch of paperwork that I got to read. Well, I don't have time for that shit. The, the good thing is, like, my boss has given me a lot of, like, every week that goes by, he gives me a bit more responsibility. And it's like, oh, all I have to do is this? Okay, that's fine. And it's really not hard. It's really not hard. Like, my job, it's, it's really easy um, because, again, I've been doing, I've done it for a long time. It's not, and the thing is, it's not just sales. It's also, like, customer service. It's... Um, you know, a customer will call and, hey, where's my package? And I'm just like, well, give me your invoice number and I'll be able to track it down for you or whatever. And it's, it's like those the, the little things. And, you know, a lot of the times, you know, the, the thing about this job is I'll have customers, like my boss will even tell me, like, he'll, he'll come up to me and the way that he does it is he'll look like he's about to, like, he's storming at my table and he'll, like, give me this look. And he's just like, I just had five calls about you. And I'll be like, okay, they all are a bunch of liars. And um, <laughs> like, I don't care what they say, they lied. And he's like, well, um, they tell me that you're doing a good job on helping them and you're being patient with them and all that. Is that a lie? I'm like, yeah, th those things are true. Like, yeah, believe <laughs> so. Yeah, if it's good, it's true. Um, and, and not for nothing, I've had people just, you know, upset with me because. You know, my boss would be like, hey, somebody, um, I had a lady email me. She said you were being very snarky. And I said, no, no, no. It wasn't that I was snarky. It was she didn't like the answers that I was giving her, and she thought I was snarky. You know? Yeah. So, you know, but the cool thing about it is just, like, they know how nice I am, and they know how, you know, even when I'm not nice, even when I'm, even when I'm just like, God, I should not have drank that tequila. Why did I do that? Um they're just like, you know, you are handling yourself pretty well. They've, they've, I think what the job is that, and, and the thing, the, the weird thing about this job, oh my God, the weird thing about it is they ask me how I'm feeling, you know, like, Hey, how you feeling? Like, you know, you're here for like, even like they did, they gave me like a one month review and they're just like, so, you know, is this kind of, do you think you will stick around or this, that, whatever? I'm like, look, nobody fired me. And I'm still here. So obviously something, there's something good going on here. But I'm very happy. I, I, I will say this. Uh, yesterday I was sick. I was very mad that I wasn't able to do my job. But when I go in, it's it's not really, I don't feel stressed out. I've, I've never felt. It's been a while since I felt. At work, yes, I'm a little stressed out at work. But when I go home, it's like I don't bring my work home with me. Yeah. I have my Fridays. I have. I'm sorry. I have my Saturdays and Sundays back. Oh, and I am. Nice. I, I. What? Two weeks ago, I was in Central. I spent most of my day in Central Park. Wow. You know, I did day drinking Saturday while I was uh, hanging out. It was just like it's very rare because. Remember when I was working at the last place, it was working on Saturdays, working on Sundays. Yeah. And it was just like, I kind of felt that it, it was just kind of like, all right. Some, like, I, I, just, I kind of felt like, remind me why I'm doing this again. 
you know, like, who am I doing this for? Yeah. And what am I, and what am I doing? And am I doing this just to do it? And so I, I think those are the, the things that I felt that I was lacking. I was like, I felt like, you know, and this is not any kind of like disrespect to my, my other job, but I just kind of like where I'm at now, I'm much more happier. There's well, a level. I think there's also that that point of you get to where you start getting burned out. You're like, I'm literally living to work instead of working to live. And, and that's what it felt like. I mean, and, and the thing is, it was just like, well, you know, anywhere else you go, they're not going to let you do comedy. I'm like, actually, they have been. I yeah. bought like, uh, there's like at the end, b- between now and the end of the year, there's two Fridays that I need to take off because I'm doing a weekend somewhere. And they're letting, and they're just like, oh yeah, go ahead, take it. Like, wait, r- really? You, you know, and, and mind you, aside from one day, well, and yesterday when I was sick, I don't even, I don't even think about like PTO or taking time off or anything like that. Because again, I, my job is, my job is, I have so much fun doing it. And like I say, you know, there's a lot of different people that play their positions, and but it's, it's but we all get along. We all get along. You know, we show up to work, we do our jobs. I play my position. I don't try to do more than I'm that that is necessary of me because there's there's a lot of us. But I know that you know the guy that's sitting, you know, eight feet in front of me at his desk. I could ask him anything and he dropped, Hey, yeah, glad to help me, you know? And, um, and, 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 and with that, it was almost like, you know, yeah, I could, you know, I listened to him on his phone, on his phone calls, even though they're one-sided, I kind of try to pick up and we're just like, just, you know, at least we're on our floor, two dudes on a floor, just, you know, doing our jobs. And and make and and not only just doing our jobs, but you know, I told them straight up. I'm like, look, I have a reputation as a salesman, as a customer service rep. That I hold. If I if I'm asking somebody for a quote, I'm holding them accountable for it because I have a customer that needs that. Absolutely. So, so I kind of pitched a bitch about something like that today, and my sales manager, she was just kind of like, okay, calm down. Uh, I understand your frustration. And I'm like, but it's been a week. I've been waiting for this quote. What's wrong? I can't, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And then she sends me another email being like, so what's the deal with our quote? I told her that I would do everything in my power. And then as I'm leaving, as I'm clocking out, I get the email of the quote that I've been waiting for, for a goddamn week. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I need you to stay right here and change my punch out because I'm going to email my customer right the fuck now because I do not want any messages in the morning where it's like, hey, Mr. Her-. And most of my customers, mind you, first of all, they love me. They love me. They do. They, when they pick up, when they call Richelieu and I say, Richelieu, this is Hayden, they can't wait for me to do my work. They can't wait for me to do what I'm supposed to do. And and again, it's like, hey, if I don't have the answer for you, I'm going to go find somebody who does. And then I'll give right. you the answer. Exactly. You know? 
Um, but these, but at the same time, these are the things that, you know, I talked about in my interview. And, and mind you, I interviewed at your place in July. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. And then I did, and then I did the face-to-face interview uh, when I left because I was in Seattle for like the 10 days I was in Seattle. Um, yeah, we did that interview in Seattle and... When I did the face-to-face interview, the um, the first question the general manager asked, well, statement he made was, if you're gonna work here, we need, you need to be happy. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah, right? Like, the fuck did you just say? Hold he was on, like, wait. yeah, you, yeah, you need to be happy. Like, we need to make sure that you, ha- now, I will say this, I'm gonna humble brag. I'm gonna humble brag my ass off right now. Okay. My You're computer, up. the initial computer that they had for me was slow as balls. Oh, and I, I said, hey, I cannot work with this computer. I need, I, I, I need something faster. I need, this is not gonna work for me. It's taking me 10 minutes to enter an order. I can't do this. They bought me a brand new, two brand new computer screens. Wow. They bought me a modem. As a matter of fact, I wrote down a list of things. And mind you, when I wrote down the list of things, I said, a list of things for me to be effective as an employee for Richelieu. That was on the top. They gave me everything I've asked for. And I mean everything I've asked for. They mean it that you they want you to be happy because when you're happy... If you're not like it's the little things like that that creates it's like a it's not a necessarily a big deal the slow internet and stuff like that that frustration but it's like a, a what they call a burr under your blanket it starts digging in and after a while it becomes a big thing and it's a huge irritant and then you get really frustrated and it's a constant irritation and you can't like you said you can't effectively do your job oh yeah so and and with that being said. They pretty much gave me everything I've had, except for one thing, but they're still working on it. Um, the the one thing that I asked for, I asked for like a a headset. So they're trying to find a, a, a you know, I'm a like, good. look, the cordless ones are expensive as hell. And I was like, look, I will buy that out of my own pocket. But um, because I like to multitask when I'm on the phone, you know, right. and, my, and the cool thing about my desk, it elevates. So sometimes I stand while I work because yep. I don't like sitting down all day. Sometimes I'll spend like maybe a couple hours standing. Um, so healthy, so much healthier, by the way. So much healthier, especially for your back. But yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the reason why I like to stand while I work is because I'm working on my posture. Because yep. when I sit down, my posture is terrible. It's the I'm slouching like I'm about to go to sleep in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. It's it's like sometimes I will slouch so bad my boss will walk over and just watch me slouching like hi like hey how's it going how do you, okay and then like I it's almost like I'm slouching like I am playing like an online game yeah uh, but but my arms are like at like this like a forty five degree angle and I'm like oh so late and my You're boss is like nightmare. and my boss will just be, and, and one of my managers will be will be like. How do you, how can you work like that? I'm like, it's after lunch. I am trying not to sleep, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 but, um, but yeah, it's just, 
it's a great environment. And that is something that I, I needed. And my biggest worry when I, when I go to work or just being at work is like, I don't want the feeling that I have of this awesomeness, this, this to go away. It's yeah. like, you know, like I say, it's one thing. And, and, and mind you, have I made mistakes? A ton of mistakes. I've made so many mistakes that it's almost like, how am I not fired already? But I've made a lot of mistakes and my boss, you know, they'll just be like, hey, um, in this situation or whatever. And, and, and the one thing that I've always told my boss whenever I, we do my evaluations is the reason why I'm getting better and I'm good at my job now is because I have patient bosses who are not yelling at me, who are not, you know, expecting me to know everything right off the bat. Um, so that's a big help. And like, again, I've made mistakes and my boss will just send me an email and be like, oh, by the way, um, you, you sent this to the wrong person or you sent this or whatever. They're not yelling at me. They're not, you know, if it's stuff that I'm already supposed to know, it's already in my head. But if it's something that I'm like, oh, he, he wouldn't know this. They're just like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know? So I'm very happy with the work situation, the job situation, as far as being, and it took me six months to find a job, to find the exact job that I was looking for as far as this is what I want to get paid. Um, Again, I'll do another humble. It wasn't just about getting the money. The money was a big part, but it was also your your work-life balance and finding a job that valued you, which is so, so much right there with the money. I mean, or more. And what's your other humble? the money was a big thing the money was that i mean this was the biggest raise that i've ever had moving from one job to another because i was even i was even willing to move out of new york to get the number that i was looking for now i did get the uh, give or take a couple of grand a year um i did find sort of what i was looking for but at the same time uh i still have the freedoms that i had when I was working in my past jobs, you know, I, like I told them, I said, Hey, look, I'm a stand-up comedian. I do a podcast and um, like I have other interests. They might be, a, and, and most of the time, whenever I go out of town, you know, I fly out on a Friday, like they'll see me with my backpack and they're like, Oh, where are you going? And, and on top of that, my boss, you know, Jewish fella loves stand-up comedy. Hates bad stand-up comedy, but loves stand-up comedy. Nice. So nice. it, it, it kind of works, you know. Um, my you boss does too. My boss, you know, my boss loves good stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I remember he told me he went to a comedy club in Manhattan, and he was like, yeah, I went to go see this this show. You ever heard of so-and-so, so-and-so? I'm like, no. He was like, oh, he's terrible. Ugh. And I'm like, well, uh, don't do me any favor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, but it's just, um, it's it's a great group of guys. And the great thing about the job is they allow me to be me. Yeah. That's... And yeah, they're not trying to, okay, we need, like we had a sales meeting today and I walked in there. I had a, like a, the Irish Batman shirt on, but I'm just like, okay, this is a sales meeting. Uh, let me look to par. So I wore like a quarter. I have like shirts in my drawer that I change out of so, depending on the situation. So it's like, all right, 
um, I'll go change into something nice. So I changed into something a bit more. It was still like a t-shirt, not a button up, but I'm just like, this is as good as you're going to get today because uh, it's laundry day at my house. And um, I'm just going to give you like the black t-shirt treatment, right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's um, I, I, honestly, I mean, aside now, what's the downside to my job? It's not, I don't really consider this a super downsize, but the commute is an hour and 10 minutes by train. Um, That's fine. I'll eat that. Maybe uh, one day I'll get a car. Well, well, not one day. I'm planning on getting a car because I hate the subway system, but it'll turn the hour and 10 minute commute to like a 40 minute commute drive wise, which I'm more than fine with. But aside from that, um, some of the customers are silly and it's like taking care of children. Yep. But um, that's again, that's part of the job. Hey, where's my package? Well, according to this, your package was already delivered today, uh, two hours ago. Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's like taking it's like taking care of children. That's all it is. Yeah, it is. You know, I gotta tell you what happened to me today. We're sitting here talking about work, and I think that this ties into it. So I went to, um, I had. I went and donated blood today. Um, oh, wow. and You're a better person than I am. <laughs> well, I have a rare blood. I have one of those. It's one of those very in-demand blood types that they're always trying to get. And so I, um, and these guys, I'll tell you what, the blood, blood works Northwest. These guys are worse than fucking any bill collector I've ever had call me because oh, you can donate blood every 59 days. On the 58th day, they're calling me. Actually, I think like the 57th day, they're calling me and said, hey, it's almost time for you to be able to donate blood again. Would you like to schedule an appointment? And they'll call me three, four times a day until I, I say, yes, schedule me an appointment. So I went and I donated blood today for lunch. And I felt kind of like, drained afterwards i did i i did definitely felt like wow that what took a toll on me and i was gonna go back to my desk and eat a salad and i was like i need meat i need real food and i saw right next door to me was a sandwich shop and i thought okay I'll, i've never heard of this sandwich shop before but i'll give it a try and there was two young guys in there and there was an older guy in there who who definitely was like some kind of management and cause he kept telling these two kids what to do. And this one kid, the guy that was making my sandwich, they're like, it's your turn to learn. And, and I was like, Oh Lord. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go very easy peasy, just a meatball and cheese and sauce. That's it. Don't put anything else on it. Just give me meatballs Sounds and good. cheese. Sounds really right? good. Yeah. And then he proceeded to, to kind of mess it up, which was fine. I, I was okay with that. Because I realized he was young, he was young, he was new, and he was nervous. And and I'm I have no problem with that. I I get it that it was like at this point in the time of the day it was way past the lunch hour rush. But what bothered me was the other kid, the older guy, started to berate him for some mistake that he'd made, and like berated him hard and to the point where this new employee and myself both could hear it. And I was not having it. I was like, this is not okay. I'm not okay with this at all. And so after the the kid kind of walked away looking a little bit defeated, I went over to go pay for my sandwich while this other kid was still trying to figure out how to heat up the sauce, 
and then didn't heat up the meatballs, but he toasted the bread, but he didn't toast it with the cheese. And then he had to toast the bread with the cheese. I mean, it was just all kind of comical. But I went over there and I paid for my sandwich. And then I looked at the guy and I said, um, so are you the manager or are you the owner? He goes, I'm the owner. And I said, okay. I said, so just a little bit of word of advice. I said, praise in public, berate in private. Okay, just hmm. food thought. And he was like, yes, thank you for the advice. And I walked away and the, the kid, the new kid that was working on my sandwich was like, what did you just say? And so I kind of explained the situation. And he started beaming. It was like he was so lifted up. And I said, I go, I, I get it. I said, you guys are are new. I said, we've all been new before. I said, it's okay. It, it takes a little bit of time to get familiar with a new job. I said, I'm a people leader. That's what I do is I train people how to be leaders and stuff. And he goes, what's the one piece of advice you would give me? And I was thinking about it and I was like, challenge, challenge the status quo. Do not settle for what the status quo is. And yep. I was thinking about it and I was thinking, what was the other thing that I would tell some? And, and I also told him to read, I said, there's a book you should read. I said, especially if you're gonna work with customers, if you work with people, by the way, Jamal, write this one down because I recommend it for you too. Since you have an hour and 10 minute commute on the subway, <laughs> you can get it the audio or you can write, read the book. And it was actually one of my mentors had had recommended this to me. And I absolutely agree. This is probably one of the best books you can get, especially if you're management, uh, sales, safety, any of that. You need to have this book. It's called Verbal Judo. And it talks about just like regular judo. If somebody throws a punch at you using the force they're throwing at you and like redirecting. Oh, okay. Yeah redirecting it well it's the same thing if somebody calls you they're pissed off and they're yelling at you you redirect that you know and it was written by it's, it's amazing the guy actually was like a, i think he was like a he was a teacher at one point then he became a cop and now he he's like um he's not a cop anymore but i think he went back you know he's done a few different things but he learned all this stuff when he was a cop and so he learned how to like actually put it to a lessons that you can learn and practice to perfect your verbal judo. Cause I know that there's been times when people are screaming and yelling at me. And when you, the minute you yell back, you've lost, the, you've lost it. Yeah. But when you redirect their anger, especially like when I did customer service, I was a customer service manager for a lot of years when people's yelling at me and I would tell them, I understand that you're not mad at me because you don't know me. You're just frustrated with the situation. And I get that. I understand that you're frustrated with the situation. So take a moment and please, if you can explain this to me so that I can understand it, what you're, what you're going through, I'm here to help you and to alleviate that problem for you. <clears throat> And people would instantly calm down and they were like, you're right, you're right, I'm not mad at you. And I've taken any customer who's ever yelled at me and cussed me out, by the time I was done, they were apologizing and telling me, thank you for all your help, you were fantastic. And it's literally just about understanding that they're frustrated at a situation and you're a lightning rod. 
you're the person who answered the phone. And even as a, a, a consumer, when I call people and I'm chewing them out, I tell them, I'm, I'm going to apologize to you right now. I'm very frustrated. I'm not mad at you. Please don't think I'm directing this at you. But if you could please pass this on to your managers, your, you know, your, uh, your executive management, I'm pissed. And you, I'm sorry, but you're going to hear why I'm pissed. And so <clears throat> it, it makes a it makes for a bad situation to be a lot better. But I was just really impressed that this kid, he was like, he took a, a piece of a napkin and a marker and he's like verbal judo. And then he, he wrote it down and he showed me the paper and he goes, the napkin, he goes, this, this is right. Right. And I said, yes, yes. Get that book, read the book. You can do it in audio if you want. I said, invest in it. And, and I was like, and he was just beaming and he was all smiles. He wasn't even the kid that I was standing up for, but he was just beaming. And I was like, and I looked at him, I said, you're going to be okay, kid. You're going to do good. You're going to go places. Because he was very eager to learn. And I, I told the owner, too. I said, I said, you know, what I said to praise him in, in, in public and to criticize in private, I said, keep in mind, a lot of companies are having a hard time getting employees, let alone keeping them. So spend your time to invest in your people. That is true. <laughs> and so, and so I just wanted him to look at things a different way. Like, stop yelling at this kid. You know, like I get that there's not that many people. And then the owner, when I went to go get my sandwich, he goes, "Okay, what kind of sandwich was that? Okay, I, I can, you can pay. I can help you pay for it over here." And I'm like, "Dude, I just paid you." Like, I'm thinking, are you on drugs? I literally just fucking paid you <laughs> cash. But yeah, so it's funny that you say that because like today I was uh, helping a customer and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my due diligence and whatnot. And what was OK, so it ended up that her order was canceled and it wasn't canceled by me or anybody else. Um, she said no one on her end canceled it. And I was and I was like, well, let me go do some investigation. And I was like, oh, I could see why it was canceled because we didn't have the item in stock at the time that you made the order. So it was it, it must have been automatically canceled. And she was like, well, fuck. And she was like, well, I really need these items. Can I reorder through you? And I'm like, sure. And she was like, by the way, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say, oh, fuck. I, I know it's not you. And I was like, ma'am, right there. You just said what I've been, what I've, thank you. I appreciate it. You can say whatever you want now. Um, she was like, what? I was like, yes, as long as you know that it's not me or any of the salespeople in my division, if you tell me, oh, I know it's not you, I can live with that. You could curse. And, and, and she started laughing. Like her attitude went from like being very angry to like, Oh yeah, that that's a very you know. I'm glad you understand, and it's. I'm like, yeah, curse away. I'm on your side, mind you. So, and she just felt like it was just weird. She was like, oh wow. She just started laughing, and I and I was just like, no, no. I want you to feel good about what you're doing because again, this is the only reason why something like this would happen, and I know how frustrating it is. But as long as you do not blame us, we're cool. We're cool. You know, throw another fuck out there. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, throw another fuck out there. They hate it when we curse at the clients, but I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Just throw another fuck, bullshit, whatever. Vent. 
just as long as you know that it's not our fault at, at the end of the day. And it was just, she felt so good. And I was like, um, yeah, your order will be in, in a couple of days and I will make sure that it gets out. But yeah, sometimes people just, you know, I'm a consumer too. Yeah. So sometimes I'll, I, 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 I could, I could, I could feel for the consumer, but it's almost like whenever you just come out of pocket, it's like, and, and I've, I have had to straighten out some people, you know, like, Hey, that's not how we do things. Or I will try to train them on how to do certain things, you know, like, it's like, look, I don't know how the last guy did it when he was here. Um, and I'm not hearing so many good things about him, but there's a new sheriff in town. You want, you want a credit, you want a return. I take those in the form of emails. I'm not taking them over the phone anymore. Oh, you can tell me what the problem is, but after we hang up, you're going to email me this so I can have a paper trail. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So wait, I can't just call in for my credits. I can't call in for my returns. No, no, no. Yeah, you can. But before I even before I even hit a keystroke, you're sending that to me in the form of an email. And they're like, we never used to do that back in the day. I'm like, this ain't back in the day. This is a new sheriff in town. I've done the I've I've done this job before and I've okay. known not by the way, cover your ass no matter what job you do. Always, always your always. ass. I want to be able to tell my I'm going to be able to tell my boss why you are requesting a credit. That's yeah. Why? This is, this is what I tell everybody, especially with what I do in safety. If it ain't on paper, it's vapor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if, and again, and my memory, that's not, it's good, but I'm not going to remember five calls I had about people saying, Oh, only have half my order here. What happened to the rest of it? Hey, okay, here's my email address. Send me everything. Here's the information I'm going to need. You send that to, and some people are, are good with it. Most of the people are really, okay, fine. Thank you. I'll send it to you in an email. And they're, they do exactly what I ask them. But then you have some people who are just like, well, why should I email it? I'm like, how bad do you want your credit? How bad do you want you know, your, R, your RGAs or RMAs? You know, I'm not, I'm not doing it via word of mouth. Yeah. You know I'm saying you send me the information that I requested. And the reason you want this, I'll run this up. The, I'll run this up the flagpole, whether mm-hmm. they accept it or not, you know, that's, that's for them. And then there'll be times where it's like, oh, you know, oh, the order that I had since March of early this year, uh, something is broken in it. Sorry. I can't do nothing about that. You're now telling me about this in August and September. No, you know, it's just like, I, I, no, we're not, I'm not, I'm not, was there any, can I speak to your boss? I am my boss. <laughs> That's who you, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'm, I'm saving you the trouble for somebody who is over me to tell you the same thing I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, this is like, don't, don't fucking carry the shit out of me. Like, no, I, I am, I am my boss. I am telling you what my bosses have been telling me. Well, Maybe, no, there's no maybe to it, okay? It's either you do it my way or uh, there is no way. So there's some people who I kind of have to like straighten out, but for the most part, people catch my drift. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I'm like, no, the, the old ways, it, 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 the reason why you guys are bitching and moaning about it, it didn't work because, you know, the guy was neck deep in credit and he, and he didn't take care of him for the most part on a timely fashion. Okay, fine. I take care of mine in a timely fashion. You know, I don't like, I, I, I don't like, I'm busy enough as it is on the phones, looking up product, learning about product um, and stuff like that. Because again, it's, this is different from what I'm used to. I mean, I got to learn about different kinds of hinges, different kinds of slides, different kinds of soft clothes, gentle clothes, uh, self closed drawers. And I mean, it's a lot to, to oh, learn. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. You know, so it's just like, you know, and, 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 and while I'm trying to learn, I don't have time for your bullshit. <laughs> right and it's an email send me an email so that i can you have doc i always here's what i do i i turn it around so that i make it sound like it's in their best interest you know i i ask you to send me a document because an email because that's how you can hold me accountable because when you have something that's in writing if yep. I ever come back and say, well, I didn't get it, you can be like, oh, no, I sent it to you, and here's the read receipt, and here's the date I sent it, and da-da-da-da-da. I said yep. it's, it's, it's not just to help me, but it's also to protect you. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, yeah. So we've, we're almost at, I can't believe it's been almost two hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> seems like old times, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So we still have to talk about some of our old times. We got to talk about what have you been binge watching? Okay. So, yes, I have definitely been binge watching some stuff. So, uh, lately, so I, I will tell you how excited I am about this particular show that I am binge watching. Um, I've been trying to find this for a long time. And I when I went onto my Hulu and Hulu just now streaming i'm like get the fuck out of here so i'm gonna take you back to 1985. oh my god tell me that you're watching moonlighting yes i am oh yes, my god i, I am. started watching that last night i've been so not for nothing while i was before we even did this episode i was i'm, I'm on season one episode five now oh we're um, on episode two i think so yeah, I've been I've been watching this. I was like, get the. I've been trying to watch this show for a long time. Now, now that the fact that they have this show on Hulu, I'm like, you know what? Get Murphy Brown in there while you're at it. Oh my God, yes, I love get Murphy. Brown. Get Murphy Brown in there. But I remember when I used to watch the show as as like I was like, dang, I was like four or five years old, and I remember the song. I love the theme song. Remember back in the day when. You watch the show and it actually had theme songs really that amazing. lasted about like a minute and a half to two yeah. minutes. Um, oh my God. Al Jarreau singing the shit out of the, the, the Moonlighting song. I love it. But mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. so I've been watching Moonlighting and it, I'm so glad you guessed it. You guessed it right on, nailed it right on the head. Um, I've been watching that show. I have been, Actually, when we're done with this, I will be watching at least one more. I'll I'll, I'll finish season one because there was only like six seasons and see, I mean, six episodes in season one. I like this show. It, it's it's Bruce Willis in, I mean, perhaps of Bruce Willis, it young Bruce the, Willis, and crazy Sybil Shepherd. Mm -hmm. It was the introduction of Bruce Willis to the world. Yep. 
That's where and, uh, he created his his character. I mean, his his persona of even an actor. And and you know what he? I mean, as, and I and when I watch the show, like I I really try to study him. He's really good. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's funny. He's I mean, it's such a good show. I mean, yes, him and Sybil Shepherd didn't really get along, especially when he got the the Die Hard movie. Um, she didn't really support him doing that, but nonetheless, um, it's still a it's still a good show. It's a really good show, and I was so happy that I was able to that Hulu was able to get it. And I'm just like Hulu, you got a little bit more work to do, but you know what? You got me on this. So I've been watching um, Moonlighting, and I've been and they I've also been uh, rewatching uh, The Shield. Uh, during our hiatus. So um, I'm on season four. Well, almost, I'm about to wrap up season four of The Shield. But um, yeah, you know, those are the two. And then um, while I was on the plane going to Milwaukee, uh, I I decided to watch Billions on the plane. Um, I I started, I'm I'm actually starting over because I didn't watch the season finale of it. Or the series finale of Billions. It's uh, Paul Giamatti and um, Damian Lewis. Uh, it's, it's it's a great show. So those are like the three shows. Oh, and there's one more show that I've actually been binge watching. It's Crapopolis on uh, Fox. Uh, Hulu has it. Uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty funny show. Uh, I'm not. I mean, it's I, I've watched four of the episodes that's already been released. Um, I, I, I know I'll give it the entire season before I'm like, okay, I could commit to watching season two, but right. it's a very well-written show. It's pretty smart, witty, funny. So, uh, it's a good show and I, I recommend it. Nice. Your turn. So, so, so this is how this long is it how takes us. We are almost on the last season of Scandal. <laughs> I don't know how many months we've been watching that. <laughs> um, it's been a long time, and then we found Moonlighting, which we're so excited about because we're gonna watch all of those. But the latest one that I actually started kind of like I never watched The Boys on Prime, I never watched that, but I decided to watch Gen V because I knew our friend Ty Burnett was gonna be on there, and I'm I'm hooked. I actually. He he was only on the first episode, not for a super long time, but he was in there at the beginning. And this, the story itself has me hooked. Now, it makes me want to kind of go, maybe I should go back and actually watch The Boys. Because the, the Boys reason is I, a great show. The reason I didn't watch it was I think the way Romeo described it to me seemed like it was just a lot of blood and guts. And... um. Like really, a lot of violence. And it's a. It, I mean, I mean, it's it has that, but the show, right. the plot, the storyline. It with that, it has a very strong plot, a very good storyline, and a yeah. lot of great actors in it. So for me, you know, because because I I finished season two, and it's it's really good. I mean, it's just like. Would I let my niece watch it with me? Uh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But it's um, 
It's a good show. It kind of reminds me of what it, it kind of reminds me of what Heroes could have been. Right. Right. You, you know, so I do like the show. I love Carl Urban. I mean, that guy's a is just a he's a menace. But um it it, it is a good show. I would say give the boys a chance. I, as a matter of fact, I'll even go as far as say if you go through watch the boys, like the first season of it, and you don't and and you're not like you're not like I would say the first three episodes should get you hooked. Yeah. I'm telling you that Gen V really got me. I really do like the there yes, there is a lot of blood. There's a lot of like um gore and sex, but it doesn't overshadow the plot line. It's not like it's just about the blood and guts. It's actually a really good show. I mean, it has a good plot line, so that's what got my attention. Um, I wouldn't have watched past the first episode if I didn't think it was it was worth watching. And uh, we were watching it, and so I'm I'm hooked on that. That comes out on Thursday night, so I'm waiting for that. And then I heard of another show that. I'm going to have to try and look and see if I can find it on like Paramount Plus or something like that. It uh, It's called Found and it actually. Uh, oh, OK. I've, I've, I've heard some things about that. I heard some stuff about it and it makes enough for me to go, OK, I want to watch the first. Because I did. The one thing I did here is you have to watch the first episode. Otherwise, the rest doesn't make sense. <laughs> OK. So I think I'm going to go back to Paramount Plus and go take a look and see if. There is, um, if it's on there, because I could not find it on Hulu. So, um, um, I think it would be on. I okay. I thought it was a show on NBC. Hmm. That's what I thought it was. So, but I mean, yeah, I've seen. Um, I have seen uh, like uh, previews for it, and what I it has Mark Paul Gosler in it. He seems to be finding work. So. Hmm. Um, what was this? What's the scandal with Paul Gosler? No, no, no. There's no scandal with him. At least not that I know of. No, it's just like when I say he's always finding work, it's almost like he was on, uh, I think, Blackish. And oh. like, I mean, Mark Paul Gosler always seems to like find his ways on shows. I know he was on this other show where there was like this black female pitcher, um, and he was the catcher. And that show, I don't even think it lasted a full season. But no, he 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 always seems to find like work, like work or, or work always seems to find him. But either way, um, you know, Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell is always uh, on TV one way or another. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Once you said he, who he was, now I was like, oh, now I get it. Okay. Yeah. I see what... Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting few months. Um, a lot of things going on in the world. A lot of things we didn't get to talk about. Just kind of catching up and letting people know that we're back. We're here. We're coming back. Um, we're going to be looking forward, especially come wintertime, to having some guests on the show and having some different people. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. I'm hoping to get my cousin Heidi to come do a show with us. Um, maybe even for, if not for the full two hours, but at least for a, an hour or so, because 
how interesting would it be to talk to a sexual addictions therapist? Oh, so, yeah. God knows I need to talk to one of those. I think a lot of people do. I think if nothing else, you know, just to be able to go, a lot of people go, am I, a, am I addicted to sex? And it's, it's a good thing to kind of do. It's one of those things you should do a health check. You know, every once in a while, you need to go have a checkup. I, so, I, yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel that there's nothing wrong with being addicted to sex, I don't think. Mm, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, uh, am I missing something? It's just like yes. you're okay. It's it's first of all, okay. I guess what I'm saying is take being addicted to sex and being addicted to like alcohol. Yeah. Like or I think well, sexual addiction right. is probably the most healthiest of addictions. Now, yeah. am I saying? Oh, wait, hold on. I, I'm just saying like now. If you're single, you probably it would probably be like okay. But if you're married, it's like you know you could only have so much sex that your partner could only handle. It's like okay, what are you gonna do if I'm if I'm away? Oh, you're gonna be watching like porn. Why why is my why is my hard drive full of like weird porn or whatever? I don't know. Like I don't I I, I just I feel like it's gosh. I, I, you know maybe. I, I don't know. We should probably. Do we know any women that are that are sexual deviants or sex, have sexual <laughs> addictions? I would like to talk to them. I'd be mean, like. It's not necessarily about, say, for instance, somebody who wants to have. Like, I think that's you're confusing nymphomaniac with sexual addictions, and there's a difference. Like a sexual addiction, there's usually that besides porn. There's the strip club. There's having sex with other people. I know that I've talked to other women. Um, I briefly dated a guy who I found out later was a sexual addict. And how I found out was he made the comment to me that, well, I love my girlfriend, but I'm not attracted to my girlfriend. Huh. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? First of all, he was very jealous. And like, he, we made, you know, he's like, you, you, if we're going to be intimate, you're only intimate with me. And I'm like, that's fine. And so we made that, I'm like, I'm not gonna be intimate with anybody else. And then when I decided like, this is not what I wanted, I decided to start dating and I broke it off. And then I had been intimate with somebody else. And then he sent me a text like the next day or something. And he he he, he was calling me all kinds of a bitch, see you next Tuesday, all of a sudden. And I was like, he goes, yeah, you player, I see how you are. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you you were with somebody else. And I'm like, yep, I was. I told you. And he's like, well, at least you're honest about it. I'm like, dude, I told you I didn't want to be with you anymore. Like, like I found out he's also an alcoholic and he was a, he was addicted to gambling. There's And that's one of the, those things. I mean, I already knew those things. But when I found out that he had a girlfriend, I was like, you need to leave my home right now and get away from me. Don't ever contact me again. I want nothing to do with you. And mm. it was funny because I talked to another comic that I know, and she was like, yeah, the same thing happened to me. And so it's something that that's what, when there's, sexual, there's that sexual addiction, it's not enough to just be with your own partner. You Like, you can't even get aroused without watching porn first. Or, you know, and it's things that are, like, very degrading and demeaning to your partner, and it's something that 
it like any kind of addiction it gets escalated out of control as something that they can no longer control and then it creates a lot of animosity like just a lot of like so what my cousin does when she does things like working with um sexual addiction she doesn't just work with the addict she works with what they it's called a betrayed partner so these partners they have no idea that they're married to somebody who spends all their money at a strip club or spends all this time watching porn and can't even get an erection without watching porn or worse and these some of these things will escalate it starts out with with things like strip clubs or with porn and then comes and then it's just their partner is never enough and so then they start stepping out and then they start and then in their mind they justify it because well it's sex it's not love it's just release and it's sex it's not i'm not in love with somebody else i'm just fucking this person but i make love to my wife or my yeah. partner oh and, okay yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you see where that's where, and, and just like the lying, the hiding, there's all the other things. Any kind of addiction is bad. If you're addicted to something, it's it's bad because you cannot control it. Anything, anything without moderation is destructive. I could love money and strive to get money, but let's take a look at some of the horrific things that people do for money. That's not okay. That's becomes a problem like what's wrong with loving money what's the matter with wanting money well when they kill for it yeah right they steal or they do you know they do sell drugs i mean they do all these destructive things to get it that's where that problem comes from so it's a kind of a misnomer when you go a sexual addiction it's just sex well it's not just sex it's all the things that go with that and that person who feeds their addiction at the cost of their relationship that they're in and hurts their partner. So. Well, when you say it like that, I guess uh, it's not the greatest of addictions to have. Yeah. Um, yeah, who wants that? Who wants? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Now what you are looking for, Jamal, what you are looking for is a woman who's a nympho. You want to be in a relationship with a woman who just wants sex all the time. You know, when you say it like that, you make me feel like I'm the bad guy who wants what he wants. <laughs> no, 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 no. That is one of those things where I say, be careful what you wish for. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Could you imagine? It's like, sweetie, it's three in the morning and it's Wednesday. I got to work tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just, I just can't just, just. Uh it's not just sex every day. It's multiple times a day, every day. See too much of a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not bad a few times a week. Oh, a like, few yeah, times every a week. Yeah, everybody needs a break. Wait, you mean like what? Three, wait, you know there's seven days in a week, right? Yeah. So you're saying three times a week? Yeah. My heart can't handle that few. <laughs> That's too few for me. That's too few? Oh my goodness. How many times, how many times do you think you should have, in a healthy relationship, how many times do you think you should have sex a week? 
every day that ends in Y, mm. at least once. Okay. No, if, if I'm being all serious, if I'm being all serious, now, now I sound like just, a, no, it, I was, you know what? I mean, I've had it four times a week before mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, oh, this must be the standard of this relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like if you miss a day, it's almost like, Ugh. but I mean, I don't know. It's like, well, I shouldn't say, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe three does work. I mean, two people working, you need the break. You want that. But I think for me, it's like, I'm always ready. Like, yeah. it's just like, what, right here in the park? Okay, let's go. You know, yeah. like, I'm always ready. And that's important. I think a lot of it, I think also, we, when you first get into a relationship, of course, you're having it three, four times a day. Are you kidding? Um, and then you taper down to twice a day. But I think that more important than the sex is intimacy. And I can honestly say that my husband and I are intimate every single day from the minute we wake up to the minute we go to sleep. We're always touching each other. We're always kissing, rubbing on each other, hugging each other, telling each other we love each other. And it's not like, you know, just, oh, you're newlyweds. I mean, we've been together for four years. So we're still like that. We still crave that intimacy with each other every single day, all day. You know, anytime we're together, even I went on a road trip with him and we drove 2,800 miles and it was just the two of us. And I can honestly say we didn't get in one fight and I didn't try and kill him once. It was amazing. You didn't try to throw him in a canyon. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, mm. but. And we, but we, we just, it was so peaceful and enjoyable. And, but the thing is, is that we still had that, that intimacy the whole time. Like people, when you see us, you can tell that we are, you know, well, even when we did that, the cut video, which by the way, I got to get ready to, cause I got another cut video to do tomorrow. Um, but the, it was how often you have sex or how you know and i was and we were talking and people like the the people they had people that guessed how often we did and every guesser saw us together as a couple they said oh you guys are doing it every day and we're like well it's more like three to four times a week but we are intimate every day all day and i think that that's you get to that deeper part of your relationship when some of the 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 newness wears off and the excitement of having sex with that person starts kind of tampering down a little bit. You get a deeper intimacy where it's just that that closeness and and wanting to be with him. You still have to have you know you still have to have a, ha- a healthy sex life because I'm telling you what I don't don't let anybody bullshit you. Sex is very important in a relationship and a healthy relationship, but healthy sex. You know, where it's it's agreeable amount of time to both part partners, you know. But we can get into that more. So I will definitely be reaching out to my cousin to see if she would like to uh join us for a podcast. I'm sure she would. And then it's just a matter of, you know, we might have to uh, change our schedule to accommodate. But um, oh, that's fine because I, I need I, I I feel like this is something that I could uh I could learn. Right? I think that there's a lot that everybody can learn on that. And just like really setting it up to have t- 
time to have questions and answer, you know, to give her time to answer the questions and to just, you know, and that's the one thing about our forum is, is that she can say whatever she wants. It's not like, you know, she's going to be censored. Like when I had her on my radio show um, a few years back and it was definitely, we had to be a little bit more careful that some of the language that we used and how, you know, we kind of had to self-censor ourselves. Oh yeah. But, oh yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, we're like, can you say dildo on the air? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, the feds shut us down, but yeah, it was good. It was really good. So, but yeah, I, I look forward to having different guests on our show. We're kind of, we're working on finding some good, maybe re-chopping up the, our intro, um, but just kind of making some changes. It's it's time. Like every healthy relationship needs to go through some change and some growth and that's what we need to do to do is we needed to take a step back kind of rebrand and move forward in a direction that we saw that was best for us so i'm excited i'm excited about the episodes coming up i am too man i'm so glad we're back i was just i was waiting for the call i was like waiting for the message like when are we coming back and then you you did it and here we are so um, oh my god! I was waiting for you to call me, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm calling him. I'm I'm making oh, the call." Oh, I was I was ready. I was always ready. I didn't. The thing was, like, I didn't want to. I mean, I'm just like, you know what? When you're ready, I knew I was gonna be ready. But what I didn't want to do was I didn't want to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna do a podcast." No, I wanted to make sure that our times were synced, and I think it was, even though I was, I mean, I was ready, ready, but. At the same time, what I didn't want to do is like, okay, if I'm ready, but you weren't quite yet ready, um, yeah. then I'm like, okay, I don't want the the podcast to kind of falter. I wanted you, I mean, you seem, first of all, you were great today. You were 100% on point, ready to rock and roll. I was like, oh, the band is getting back together. Whatever I had planned in like today was like, okay, let's do today. Um, um, today, I'm, today, I'm usually drunk watching football but i yep. am like this is more important i'm back we're back so i guess uh before we sign off do we want to do next week thursday or i mean depending on your um your friend yeah. uh um let's shoot for that so ladies and gentlemen for those of you who are wondering if we're back uh we didn't do a two-hour podcast two-hour plus podcast just to phone it in we are back I am back. Marianne is back. We're back. Um, and we are going forward to this. So with this being said, um, this was uh this was a this was great. This was a great show. We had no outline. That's what I love about it. No outline, and we still had a a, a great time talking about talking about things that are you know important and what we did while we were uh on hiatus. Yeah. But uh, we will be back next week as uh as, as, as Marianne always say, make good choices. Yes, you got it right. Make good choices. Wow, because I was going to say, if I was to mess that up, I would have been like, it has been four months. Um, it's not like I'm in the shower practicing or anything like that. But yes, as Marianne <laughs> says, make good choices. And um, you know what? Uh, the, for, for those of you uh, who are glad that we're back, uh, guess what? It's not about you. We're signing off. Goodbye.
Uh, 